Hey everybody, welcome into Mining Stock Daily. This is Trevor Hall, happy to be uh, joined by Matthew Lennox-King. He's the CEO of Contact Gold. Contact Gold trades on the TSX Venture with the symbol C and also on the OTC markets with CGOL. I am a shareholder of the company and uh, Matt, it's really been a pleasure to continue to welcome you to the podcast throughout this year uh, to see how uh, both of your projects have continued to advance over the last 12 months. Uh, but, you know, I think we're going to take this time. we got a couple different themes of conversations you and I are going to have. Uh, first, I want to talk to you about uh, the company in general. And uh, 2020 has just been, I don't know if you could ever uh, look back and s- see any of this coming, <laughs> of what we've been through the last no. 10 months. Uh, you know, but... As an executive of a uh, gold exploration company, what has 2020 taught you? Uh, Sure, yeah, that's a really good question. And no, no one could have ever seen this coming the last 10 months of definitely being like nothing, I guess, any of us have seen before. Um, And it's certainly, yeah, it certainly teaches you the need or, yeah, teaches you the need to be resilient to have, you know, even if you have your overall arching um, strategy and vision, you need flexibility on how you implement that in the short term. You need to be resilient um, to ensure that you can still get to that end goal, right? The the difference between um, the state of the market we saw in late March to the one we saw in June and July couldn't be more stark where you had you know, the, the world was going to end, the market was going to end, you know, gold stocks were going to go the way of Air Canada and and um, and the cruise ships uh, to June and July where things were, were absolutely flying. So really that that flexibility and uh, the need to take need to take a long term view, uh, even in an industry that can that can really focus on the short term. Uh, you, ha- you're a geologist at heart. And so like, I know like, uh, you really thrive when you are on the ground, uh, doing geological work. Uh, that's what you love to do. You haven't really been able to do that all year because both of your projects are in Nevada. You know, Correct. so ha- did you have to have kind of this come to Jesus moment to where you were able to put, had to put more of your trust uh, in, of development strategies into those people that are in Nevada working on the ground? And like, was that difficult for you? Uh, no, no, in that I've worked with Vance Spalding, our VPX, since t- early 2008. So we've we've been together first at Frontier Gold, then at Pilot Gold, and, and now here. Um, and so we, we always have pretty strong alignment on what we're doing. Um, you know, I, I had the benefit of being down at site, you know, before the snow flew this time last year. Um, so have have a good sense of you know what's going on on the ground, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, the, the the plan that the guys have been executing on over the course of September, October, November, um, we're we're well up to speed on that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it is different not being out, out there walking the ground, seeing what's coming out of the drill. 
Um, but we, look, we, we have a great team that we have a huge, huge amount of comfort with. Uh, what about Nevada in general? Uh, we've seen a lot of deals come out of Nevada this year. There's been a lot of money yeah. flowing into the state uh, for, uh, for early exploration work, a lot of decent drill results. You know, if you could take away, like, is this, and I don't know if it's necessarily, necessarily a resurgence of Nevada mining because it's always been there, but this market has really, uh, seem to really put another foundation for Nevada as a jurisdiction and new projects coming online. I mean, from what you have observed or what's been some key takeaways out of Nevada? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, one, pe- people tend to view Nevada as a very mature jurisdiction where you, where you don't have a lot of new exploration opportunities. Um, I think the recent wave of first financings and then work has served to debunk that a little bit. Yes, it's mature. Yes, you have a great regulatory environment. Yes, you have this greater than 220 million ounces of production. But, you know, there there are still some pretty compelling exploration opportunities. And I think also what we're seeing now are the consolidation of, call it historic districts that have had fractured ownership in the past. And you're starting to see companies being able to to piece those together into land positions that can actually support a project instead of just a couple of drill holes. So I, I think that's I think that's going to be quite interesting to see how that plays out. So how about for Contact Gold uh, 2020? Let's just uh, let's give it a, a, a recap of what 2020 brought yeah. other than, you know, the craziness. Uh, there's right. a couple of key, key pieces of information out. Not only uh, are you doing more drilling, um, uh, you've got your plan of ops uh, for both projects. So you got two projects completely underway. Uh, you kind of restructured um, uh, uh, the, the share structure of the company. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that was definitely meaningful. Uh, you know, kind of give us this recap here of what 2020 did for Contact Gold. Yeah, absolutely. So the year started with the drill results from our initial program at Green Springs. And I would say that really got um, got us some momentum back in the market. So we're looking at thick, high-grade oxide intervals uh, in a district that had been quite quiet for a while at Green Springs. Um, I thought I think that also severed our trading from Gold Standard Ventures a bit. And when we when we look at contacts trading from 2017, 18, 19, we really traded in lockstep with Gold Standard Ventures based on Pony Creek being part of the same district as the railroad project. Um, and, and, you know, that, that makes sense. Um, so that, that was definitely key. Um, and then in the post, I guess, post-March swoon, we were, we were able to do a large financing, $15 million Canadian financing. Um, obviously, that supports much more aggressive exploration at Green Springs and ultimately at Pony Creek in 2021. Uh, through that, we brought in approximately 20 new institutions into the stock, um, number of new long-term holders. But but also key in that is we were able to re- restructure how Waterton holds their shares. So they previously had a combination of common equity and preferred shares that had certain rights and bells and whistles attached to them. We're able to buy down a portion of that and convert the rest into common stock. So net, net Waterton's shareholding in the company it's about the same. It's just over 40%. It was a little bit under 40% prior to this. Uh, but it means that those they're just common shareholders now. 
they're aligned and supportive, but they're they're just a common shareholder, which which I think gives um, other investors and potential strategic investors a, a lot more comfort to to participate in the company. Um, and then finally, on the heels of that financing, we started drilling in early September, September second to be exact, at Green Springs with our Phase Two program. Uh, we drilled just under 6,000 meters, um, 41 drill holes um, across most target areas on the project. Um, only had five drill holes re- released so far, but out of that, we have the new Zulu Discovery as well. So certainly an impact out of the initial part of that. Um, like a lot of companies, we're, we're waiting on assays. It's definitely been a slow um I guess a, a, a not great side effect of the uh, of the COVID situation in Nevada, but what it does mean is that we should be able to have pretty consistent news flow all the way through January and February from Green Springs. But this drilling program at Green Springs, really, you're you you're using it to support a thesis that these targets potentially are the mineralization is connected, and yeah, and right. and the what you've been able to show with early drill results is. That thesis is still intact. Am I right? Correct. I mean, it, yeah, they, the data the data continues to support that. Yeah, it does. It does. And so we have we have a pretty robust um, exploration model that we've been able to put together from you know over six hundred shallow drill holes that we acquired all the data from comprehensive mapping, geophysics, assay data, and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, and a lot of our exploration thesis or model at Greenspring says that you know, these are structurally controlled Carlin type deposits. We can link them, the separate occurrences, we can link them, uh, but we can also project them to depth in another unit and a long strike as well. So um, we have a lot more than one kick at the can, mm-hmm. um, which is great, right? We, we have, you know, if we think in baseball terms, we have the bunt singles or the infield singles where you're just incrementally increasing things. Uh, but then we have you know, targets that would be more akin to a, to a home run or a grand slam if we hit on those. Oh, that's a good metaphor. I like that. <laughs> I, okay, so it's it, it's been a successful year for Contact Gold. Um, based out of Nevada, this, let's move over to another theme that I wanted to chat with you about. And that is kind of this uh, ongoing... Well, there is no acquisition. I don't know if you can call it acquisitions anymore. It's just basically mergers. It seems like more mergers out of Nevada. So we started out uh, a couple of weeks ago with the Eclipse Gold uh, merging with Northern Vertex. I know uh, Northern Vertex is based in Arizona, but it's still along the same trend that mm-hmm. highlights Nevada. Uh, and on top of that, this morning we heard news that Equinox Gold uh, will be, I guess I, it, that is an acquisition of Premier Gold, although Premier will be holding on to its Nevada assets and spinning that out to a new company called I-80 Gold. Um, you know, I guess, you know, operating out of Nevada on the exploration side, you know, how did you take this news or the, the these two news items? Look, I think they're really positive. I think they highlight in part that there are still some pretty compelling opportunities in Nevada, or there's still a lot of really compelling opportunities, company building opportunities. And I also think that when you have companies that are growing um, within a state, so we'll call I-80 Gold 
it's a new company. They've got three principal assets. They're all high quality assets. You know, you'll see a new growth vehicle, which is great because it, the dominant players in Nevada for the last couple decades have been Newmont and Barrick. Now it's the one entity being Nevada Gold Mine. So I think new energetic players is, is a very good thing. You have been through an acquisition before, uh, back in 2011. Uh, your company at the time, Frontier Gold, uh, yeah. was acquired. It happened to be, oddly enough, the day of the height of that gold cycle. And I think I think you said yeah. April 2011, which is that's fascinating in itself. Good timing, or poor, or maybe poor timing. I don't know. Which <laughs> so, um, you know, but given the experience you went through in 2011 through that and what we're seeing now, there, there are stark differences. There are for sure. Yeah. So back at frontier gold, I'd been there 10 years. Um, I was a senior geologist at the time of the deal. So was involved in the deal with Nuant, but, but was by no means a driver of that deal. Um, but it's pretty fascinating, right? So that was driven by the success that Frontier had had at the Long Canyon deposit in northeastern Nevada. It's a Carlin-type system. It's it's quite exceptional. It's now producing mine for um, for Newmont and now for Nevada gold mines. At the time of the deal, it was about 2.2 million ounces, all oxide at about 2.4 grams, so super high quality. That transaction was approximately when you net out the cash approximately 1.8 billion um which i still think is a far higher valuation than a comparable asset would trade for today even though the markets recovered a great deal from you know the depths of three and four years ago um that that project today you know at a guess would trade 600 650 million something like that um, so it, it is quite a difference that e- even though I think as market participants, we feel a lot better about the, um, the short, medium and long term outlook for gold, the outlook for the equity markets um, and, and mining stock valuations. I, th- I think it's still very different to 2011 and, and there's a long way to go to catch up. I guess the, which is good. Well, I guess the ultimate question is why are we missing these valuations and why no premiums? So I think it's a very good question. Um, I think that for a lot of management teams who have been around for you know, sort of the, the 2010 to 2020 part of this cycle is the, the hard market has bred a lot of conservatism into, into how people are looking to do business. So they're rather looking to get a deal done to get the deal done and looking for the growth post deal rather than trying to drive um, perhaps an outsized takeover premium that could scupper the deal or blow up the deal. Um, Hmm. Yeah. I I I think that's, I think there's, there's a certain amount of conservatism in there. Yeah. So how, so now as a CEO of contact gold, um, you know, how do you look at this market? You know, potentially one day you would like to develop these key assets and I, you know, sell them, sell them at a premium, provide sure. great value for your shareholders, right? Um, you know, what's the incentive right now? You know, to do to do something. 
to do a to de, do a deal or uh, advance you, the asset? Well, to do a deal. I yeah. mean, obviously, you're yeah. gonna you, you continue to advance the asset, but you know, what's the incentive to do a deal when you're seeing more merger type of <laughs> deals than you are seeing acquisitions, and even some yeah. of the acquisitions you're seeing have very little premium. It's true. It's true. So I think if you are, if you're me and you're sitting there, you're looking contact is a bit under 30 million Canadian right now, market cap, you know, there could be in the right scenario, if you're going to be acquired by vehicle X, um, at perhaps not, not a, what used to be a typical 40 to 50% premium, um, but something closer to a merger, I think you need to be really sure that the acquiring company is going to be successful, right? So if you, if you can acquire 20, 30, 40% of the combined company for your shareholders, it's going to be well-funded. It's going to be well-received in the market. Um, you know, I, I think that's a conversation that's worth having, but if you're taking a bunch of half eaten sandwiches and jamming them together, um, just to get bigger, I, I think perhaps you're you're better off going alone, executing on your business plan, creating value through the drill bit, et cetera, and then you know, transacting at higher higher valuation, higher multiples. It's a what a difference a year makes, but what a difference ten years makes, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's quite fascinating, and even a few months, you know the. The highs of the summer are very, very different to what we've seen transpire in October and November. Yeah. So far this year, um, the I heard the I heard it put that the global capital markets at the moment are behaving like a fire hose that's being turned on, and someone's holding it, but they're holding it twenty meters back from the end, so it, <laughs> it's spraying all over the place, right? So. For a few month period, it's going to be focused on gold and gold equities. The next month, it's going to be tech. It's going to, you know, it's just going to have that momentum yeah. and uh, and move much more rapidly between sectors than it has in the past. Yeah, I don't know if that's if that's going to prove to be true, but certainly our last ten months has shown that to be true. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what kind of catalyst really gets this gold market up and firing again, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously after the moves we had this summer, it did need a cooling off and a correction and just kind of needed to be boring <laughs> for, for yeah. a while. And we've obviously for seen sure. that. Uh, but you know, like today we're seeing things like Bitcoin break over 20,000 and reach all time highs. It seems like every hour, um, on what news or catalyst, I'm not quite sure, but I'm just kind of curious when the gold market, you know, what could be a catalyst, that really gets this thing up and firing once again? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. A, a lot of folks are pointing to the new incoming U.S. administration in January. You know, there will be a lot of, um, I guess, fixing of the economy to do. Uh, you know, as far as, far as all the stim, stimulus, um, money printing, you know, essentially inflating it all away. <laughs> Yeah, we use the term fixing lightly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And, and and that's not unique to the U.S. We we have the same the same thing here in Canada. You know, it'll be the same in Europe. You know, so I think, um, I think that I think that'll certainly have an impact. Uh, Matt, it's a pleasure to uh, speak with you once again. 
Uh, this will be our last conversation of the year, but we will connect once again in the new year as the uh, drill results and news out of both Green Springs and Pony Creek continues to hit the market. Uh, I appreciate uh, you continuing to coming on throughout the year. It's, I really uh, enjoy having these conversations with you, and uh, I just want to wish you the best of holiday seasons and Merry Christmas to you and your family and the Contact Gold team. Awesome. Thanks. Always love being on. It's great to chat and uh, yeah, have a safe and healthy, most of all healthy uh, holiday season. And uh, we'll, we'll speak to you in the new year.